Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. Listen each week for updated content and be sure to share with your friends. We hope this podcast is a blessing and a resource to you as you pursue God daily. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. Fasten your seatbelts. Here we go. We're finishing with a bang. We've been in a series called, What Does God Say About? And we've talked about, what does God say concerning salvation? Uh, we, we said, what does God say uh, about culture? If you were here last week, we talked about what does God say about himself? And the topic today is, what does God say about sex? <sighs> now, I know... I know. Let let me just identify the different emotions and feelings that are in the room and maybe online right now. I know there's a group of you that are uncomfortable and you're like, why? (sighs) Really? We got to talk about that here? Uh, There's another group of you that's just like so excited. You're like, finally. Man, you brought not one but two notebooks and you're taking notes because you know history makers are... Yes, there's probably another group in here that's already getting a little defensive. Don't you tell me what to do. Don't you try to control me. Don't be judging me. Shoot. There may be another group that's borderline offended already. I'm just waiting for you to say something offensive, Pastor. I'm just wa- You say one thing wrong, cancel. <laughs> and then there's another group that's like, I can't believe... I picked, of all Sundays, this Sunday to visit the church for the first time. (laughs) Listen, if you are a first-time guest, (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) But this is a spiritual family, so you've kind of jumped in on a family conversation, and, well, here we go. Let's roll. Uh, Question, how many of you, growing up, you never talked to your parents about sex? Let me see your hand. Oh, man, that is a large percentage, okay? How many of you, and I don't know what your church background or experience has been. Maybe you're new to church. Maybe you've been raised in church your whole life. How many of you have never gone to church and heard the pastor preach on sex? Oh, man. Okay, see, that's the problem. Our parents aren't talking about it. Our pastors aren't talking about it. The whole world is talking about it. How many of you know sex is everywhere? Sex is in our music. It's in our movies. It's all over media. I mean, sex sells everything from tires to toothpaste. Come on, somebody. Man, they're talking about it everywhere. If your parents haven't talked to you about it, if your pastor is not teaching about it, where are you going to learn the biblical context of sex that is blessed? You see, the world isn't silent on this issue, and so the church can't afford to be silent on it either. How many of you know our silence is killing us? And so today, and let me just say this, as your pastor... I just want to say thank you for trusting me with a difficult, delicate topic like this. Thank you for being here and trusting me to steward this moment well. I just believe that the church ought to be the safest place to have the toughest conversations. 
This is spiritual family, and and this is an opportunity for us to go into the the dark, difficult, delicate topics of our day so that we can be educated, so that we can be equipped, so that we can be healed. You know, some of you are here today, and you suffer in your mind, in your emotions, and maybe even in your physical body. There's so much pain connected to this topic. Maybe because this topic has been uh, abused or misused. Maybe you've been mishandled growing up as a kid. Or maybe you've made wrong decisions based on wrong information. And you come in here today, and if your heart can be x-rayed, it shows the brokenness and pain. Here's my commitment to you this morning. I want to uh, approach this topic really twofold. I want to talk to you based on compassion. Everything I say today is going to be motivated by love. Every single thing today is going to be motivated by love. Today is about compassion without compromise. Okay? In fact, you need to write that phrase down, compassion without compromise compromise. Compassion is what motivates the heart of God. It's what brings healing to the body of Christ. But truth is what guides us forward. Compassion and truth, they go together. Now, there's a tension that sometimes is is created within that dynamic. And let me give you just, here's a lay of the land. Today, I want to give you the truth. I want to talk about the tension. We're going to look at the trap, and then we're going to finish with the turning point, okay? There you go. Spoiler alert. There's the roadmap for our conversation today. Compassion without compromise. You need to know that your pastors and your leaders, they love you. But you also need to know that because we love you, we tell you the truth. Compassion is a handout saying if you're struggling, if you're hurting, don't struggle alone. You are welcome here. Uh, Without compromise, the truth says, hey, there is a standard You know, there is a measuring stick. There is an uncompromising truth that has to be given to the body of Christ. It's one hand out and one hand up. Compassion without compromise. The sad, here's the sad part. Sometimes you only go to church and you hear, you get both hands up. You get this, almost like the Bible is a baseball bat. You wicked people, stop doing those evil things and start being good like the rest of us, right? Sometimes that's the message that we hear when it comes to something like this, both hands up. But then the opposite is equally dangerous. Both hands out means, hey, everything goes, it's all good, you know, don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. You know, there's tension in compassion and conviction coming together. And my commitment to you is to speak the truth, but to give it to you in love. I don't know where you find yourself on this issue of sex and sexuality, but I want you to know this. You are welcome here. Can I say that again? You are welcome. This is a safe space, regardless of what season you find yourself in. Now, let's all learn and grow together. First thing, number one, the truth. The truth. Somebody say the truth. The whole truth and nothing but the truth. Why is it that when we go to, to court and we, we put our hand on the Bible and they swear us in, it, it, that, that's kind of the line. You promise to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Okay, it's either true or it's not, right? The truth. I want to give you the truth, okay? And the truth is this. At HPC, we hold to this book. This 
is the standard. We believe in a thing called absolute truth. Now, I know that is not popular in a, in a day and a culture that we live in. Everybody says, well, truth is relative. And, hey, well, this is my truth. And, and you stick to your truth, but this is my truth. Can I tell you this? All truth belongs to God. It's not your truth. It's not my truth. Jesus says, I am the way and the truth. How many know all truth belongs to God? The, the scripture, Judges 17, 6, I think this probably characterizes our culture better than any other verse in the Bible. In those days, there was no king in Israel, and everyone did what was right in his own eyes. When it comes to sex, this is the verse of the day. Without a king in Israel, man, they just kind of did whatever they felt was right to them. I want to tell you this. If there's no king on the throne of your heart, you're going to do what's right to you. But how many of you know there is a standard, an uncompromising standard that from beginning to now has never changed? This is the scripture, the instruction manual. And at Healing Place, we hold to this book. Now, now how does that, let's move into this topic of sex. Having said that, you need to know this. Sex is God's idea. Sex was his idea. Where do you think sex came from? Well, I'm telling you this, it didn't come from government. Sure didn't come from Hollywood, come on. The public education system did not invent sex. Cardi B does not define sex. Come on, talk to me. Can we get back to the book and where it came from? The truth is, the Bible is the greatest sex manual ever written because sex was God's idea. Sex is sacred, and it came from God. Now, I'm going to read a scripture in Genesis chapter 1. But before I do, because my, my mind sometimes, how many of you have a wild imagination? And you're sometimes all over the place, okay? God created sex. And I can just imagine, you know, the first ever committee meeting in heaven. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And after God had done all this creation, six days he created the mountains and, and the trees and the birds and the rivers and all the animals, the vegetation, created this beautiful world that we enjoy. And God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit are there. And, and Jesus is like, God, look at that. Man, it's amazing what you did in six days. It's incredible. Look at those humans that you made. That's fantastic. And the Holy Spirit's like, yes, God, that was incredible. Now, how are we going to make more of them? And God says, huddle up, guys. Huddle up. And Jesus is like, no way. And the Holy Spirit's like, oh, God, those humans are going to have so much fun. Now, that's my version of it. Let's see what your Bible says. <laughs> Genesis 1:27. the Bible says, So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Somebody say image of God. Now, the Latin phrase for that is imago Dei. You've probably heard that. Imago Dei means we are made in his likeness, in his similarity. Thank God for the mountains and the rivers and all the, the vegetation and the animals. But of everything that God created, none of those were created in his image. 
You and I were created in his likeness and his similarity. There's parts of his divine nature in all of humanity, and God only put it in humans. That's why the color of your skin does not set the value of your life. You are made in his image, and that sets your value. We treat each other in this term, imago Dei, made in the image of God. You have intrinsic value because you were made with his divine nature and characteristic inside of you. Now, notice the Bible says he made them male and female. He created them. Male, female. Two. Two biological sexes. Now, I Googled, I'm trying to research and study what's out there. I I researched how many genders are there in 2021. Y'all ready for this? 112 genders are identified in our current day. God made male and female in his. Now, look, this is our standard. This is our standard. Not culture, not government. Not Hollywood, not music, not movie stars or athletes. God, what do you have to say about sex and sexuality? He says, first of all, you're made in my image. Second of all, I made you male and female. Look what it says in verse 28. Then God blessed them. Somebody say blessed. He blessed them and he said, be fruitful and multiply. Well, what does that mean? <laughs> well, I, 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 don't, I don't know. I I guess I got to look it up in the Hebrew and what's the original language. Be fruitful and multiply. Can I tell you what he's saying? Have sex. Have lots of it. There's a big earth that we've got to fill. Look at what it says. Fill the earth and govern it. I'm not making this up. This is your Bible. (laughs) Somebody's getting set free right now. I've memorized this verse in seven different translations. And I have Rachel recite that to me. I'm just here. It's not. <laughs> Rain over the fish in the sea and the birds of the sky and the animals that scurry along the ground. Verse 31. Then God looked over all that he had made and saw that it was what? Now listen, each day God created something. Afterwards, he said, it's good. He said, that's good. Then he said, that's good. Then he creates a man and woman. He says, have sex. And then he says, it's very good. You need to know God invented sex. Sex is God's idea, but watch this. He blessed it. Notice the blessing that God puts upon this husband and wife. He, he pronounces a blessing on it. I want to t- tell you this right now. I'm so fired up, I couldn't wait to tell you this. I'm taking sex back in Jesus' name. We've surrendered it to the world and we've let culture and music and influencers try to tell us about, listen, sex came from God and it is blessed. I grew up, and I don't know how you grew up, but but I grew up referring to sex and, and, and this guy talk, we called it doing the nasty. Did y'all, does that sound familiar to anybody? Doing the nasty. Listen, sex is not nasty. It's blessed. Number one, it was God's idea. Number two, he put a blessing on this first couple. Adam and Eve were blessed. Oh, man, we're taking it back. We are reclaiming sexuality. Today, I want the church. You know, the, the best sex ought to be experienced within the context of a husband and wife in the covenant of marriage the way God intended 
It's blessed. It's good. It's very good. Man, look, we, we, I was a part of a prayer group for a number of years, and every Friday a group of guys would come together and pray, and, and we would all, probably about 10 or 12 of us, we'd huddle up, we'd pray, and one of the guys would lead us, and in his prayer he would always say, Lord, I pray that, 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 that our bodies would always be pleasing to our wives, and that their bodies would always be pleasing to us, and Lord, let our sex lives be passionate and hot and on fire and fully alive, and we're all praying, and I would be like, Yes, Lord. Say that again. Father, give me a double portion of that. Pray that over us again. Blessed. See, the problem is, be careful, be careful, be careful. Got too many single people acting married and too many married people acting single. See, before we talk about the not-tos, we need to celebrate the get-tos. You see, far too long, the message of the church has been, don't, 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 stay away, do it. It's wicked, evil, it's doing the nasty. No, 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 no. God created it, and then he blessed it. And watch what he says here. He says, enjoy it. Enjoy it. Sex is not just for procreation. It's for pleasure. Sex is so much more than just physical. It's emotional and it's spiritual. And God wants to bless you physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Are you all okay? Okay, everybody take a deep breath. Come on, exhale. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's going to be all right. Enjoy it. I'm taking sex back in Jesus' name. I'm not using the world's definitions or living to their expectations. This came from God. He sets the parameters. This is the truth. <laughs> Did you know I recently learned that female dragonflies, they fake their own deaths in order to avoid males bothering them for sex? For real, literally. They're flying, and then here comes this male suitor trying to be like, hey, I want to talk to you, I want to talk to you, what's up? And then she just, whoom, falls to the ground and lays there motionless. And until the guy's just finally, I don't know what to do, and flies away. And then she gets up, and she's back on her, back on her. <laughs> don't get any ideas, Rachel. You ain't a dragonfly. First Corinthians 7, 5, Paul says this, do not, do not, do not deprive each other of sexual relations. Don't withhold sex. Don't use sex as a weapon. Do not deprive uh, each other of sexual relations unless both of you agree to refrain from intimacy for a limited time, limited, limited, limited time, so you can give yourselves more completely to prayer. The only time that you refrain, husbands and wives, the only time you refrain from sex is for a season of prayer and fasting. Don't fast for six months, okay? I know you want to seek the Lord, but it's got to be limited. The Bible says afterwards, you should come together again so that Satan won't be able to tempt you. This is a big deal. Don't weaponize sex in a relationship. Sex was God's idea. He blessed it. He says, enjoy it. I know we probably have some married couples with young kids. You're like, okay. When you didn't have kids, sex was spontaneous. And when you have kids, it's like, oh, I need an appointment. <laughs> Go ahead and make the appointment, okay? You may have to employ some creativity. Come on, somebody. You may have to distract the kids. I mean, we had iPad back in the day, and, man, kids love Barney, and so we, hey, don't y'all want to watch Barney? Here we go. Go set y'all up on the iPad. I love you. You love me. We're a happy family with a great big hug. <laughs> some of you are like, man, what is wrong with our pastor? <laughs> It's okay to keep it real. Man, every time I hear Barney theme song, it makes me want to make out with my wife. Come on, somebody. 
I'm not looking over here. I'm not looking over here. Wow, we got to move. We got to move. Brother Wayne used to say this. Brother Wayne said this. I'm quoting one of our spiritual fathers at HPC. Brother Wayne says, you know you're getting old when your wife tells you to come upstairs and make love, and you know you can't do both. (laughs) You don't stare number seven, baby. Come on, help me. Okay, somebody say the truth. Okay, let's turn a corner. Let's talk about the tension, the tension. Okay, the truth is sex is good. It's blessed. God created it. Here's the tension. The devil is a liar. He's a liar and the father of it. And his his purpose is to counterfeit and confuse what God has already declared. God says that sex is blessed, it's beautiful. Within the covenant of marriage, a husband, one man, one wife, one lifetime. That's God's intent. I want to bless sex in this realm. And here comes the devil. He's going to lie to you, and he's going to counterfeit it. Watch this. The devil will take love and turn it into lust. The devil will take the covenant of marriage and turn it into the convenience of hookup. Uh, The devil will take sacrifice and turn it into selfishness. You see, sex is not about pleasing yourself. It's about serving your spouse. Uh, The devil will take purity and turn it into perversion. Is it just me or is it blatantly obvious that something is broken in our culture today as it relates to sex and sexuality? We've gotten so far off the grid what God originally intended, the truth. Now, here is the tension. The enemy is going to counterfeit and confuse. The scripture says in John 10, verse 10, the thief comes only in order to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Think about that. Think about how the enemy has used sex to steal from people, to kill their spirit, and to destroy their lives. Jesus said, but I have come that you might have and enjoy life, have it in abundance to the full until it overflows. There's an important word when it comes to sex, this gift, this beautiful, amazing, holy, sacred thing. There's an important word that we need to talk about. It's the word boundaries. Somebody say boundaries. I want you to write that word down, boundaries. As parents, we understand the principle and the importance of boundaries. If you love your kids, come on, grandparents, if you love your, well, it's harder for grandparents, but parents, if you love your kids, you're going to tell them no. You're going to set some boundaries. And it's not to restrict them, it's to protect them. Are you catching this? Uh, Here's where the tension lies. If we didn't love our kids, we'd let them do whatever. Hey, hey, boy, Trevor, get over here, hey. Come, come over here, son. Hey, let me see that hand. Give me your hand. Okay, let's see that hot stove over here. Here we go. Here we go. Put your hand right here. Ah, quit it, boy. That didn't hurt. I knew you big mama's boy. Come over here. Give me your finger. Where's that electrical outlet? Let me show you. You stick your hand right here. Okay, does that feel good? Okay, good. Tomorrow I'm going to teach you about traffic. We're going to play in the middle of the road. We don't do that as parents, do we? We say, hey, don't touch that stove. Why? It'll hurt you. Uh, don't stick a fork in that electrical outlet. It's going to light your world up. Don't play in the middle of the street. Watch out. Be careful. Listen, boundaries, it's not for restriction. It's for protection. 
And God says, I've set some boundaries when it comes to this powerful, beautiful gift called sex. Here's the boundaries. If you're single, God says, save sex for marriage. If you're married, God says, keep sex in marriage. Sex before marriage, the Bible calls it fornication. Sex outside of marriage, he calls it adultery. There's certain parameters that God says the best sex will be experienced inside these boundaries. And it's not to take the joy out of life. It's to take the sting out of it. Can I have a better amen? We love our kids. We give them boundaries. God loves his children. He gives us boundaries. It's like a fireplace. Some of you have a fireplace at your house. I love a fireplace, especially on a cold day. You put a fire in that fireplace, it is the centerpiece of the home. It's a place of warmth, a place of light, and a place of joy. Why? Because that fire is behind brick and glass and metal and stone. That fire has boundaries. But let that fire get outside of the fireplace. It's going to burn the whole house down. And some of you know the pain of that fire getting outside of the fireplace. You've been burned emotionally, burned spiritually. And God's saying, I love you. And because I love you, here are the boundaries of sex. It's within the covenant of marriage. That's why I think there's an all-out assault on marriage today. I really do. The enemy will put an all-out attack on marriages, and here's why. Because the Scripture says that marriage is a picture of the love that Jesus Christ has for his bride, the church. And guess what? The devil hates both Jesus and the church. So he's going to put a bullseye on marriages, and now culture will try to redefine what marriage is. Guess what? Government didn't create marriage, and so they will not define marriage. God created marriage, and so as the people of God, we go by his definition of marriage. Can I have a better amen? Or, you know, the enemy would say, you don't need to be married. Just hook up. Just shack up. Just live together. And so that's the assault, the attack on marriage is because if the enemy can split a marriage, he can destroy a family. Am 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 I making sense today? The truth, the tension, here's the trap. Look at what 1 Corinthians 6, 18 says. Paul said these words, run from sexual sin. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does. For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. Sexual immorality. There's a Greek word for sexual immorality. It's the word pornea. You you know where I'm going with this. It's the same word that we get for pornography. Can I talk a little bit about pornography? Because it is addictive It is progressive, and it's deadly. And this is not just something outside the church walls. Porn does not discriminate. How many know the devil doesn't care if you go to church on Sunday? He can still keep you in bondage Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Did you know that the porn industry is a multi-billion dollar industry? Did you know that porn makes more money than the NFL, the NBA, and Major League Baseball combined? 
Listen to this statistic. Last year, during the pandemic in 2020, last year, porn sites received more website traffic than Twitter, Instagram, Netflix, Zoom, Pinterest, and LinkedIn combined. Listen to this. 75% of parents believe that their children have never encountered porn. But of those kids, 53% reported they had already seen it. Can I tell you, moms, dads, grandparents, there is an attack upon this next generation. He wants them to be in bondage. Some of you are saying, well, what, what, what can I do as a parent? How can I help my kids? Can I give you just a, a quick list? Here's some helpful things. You got to talk to your kids about this stuff. You have to. Mom, dad, they have to hear it from you. When you think they are age appropriate, you got to go there. And here's how you go. First of all, take initiative. Take initiative. You say, I've heard some parents say, well, you know, I'll wait until they bring it up to talk about. <laughs> They're not going to bring it up to talk about with you. But you know this? They're already talking about it to their friends. And culture and, and Instagram and Facebook and social media and movies is already trying to talk to your kids about it. You get out in front of that and take initiative. Uh, the second thing I wrote down is this. Make it normal. When you talk to your kids, make it normal. Don't freak out. Don't make it awkward. Now, it may be awkward for them, but you've got to set the barometer. You go in, I'm praying. I know I need to have this conversation. I'm going to take initiative. Holy Spirit, help me as I breach this, this topic with my kids. Make it as normal and as possible. And the Holy Ghost is going to help you do this because he wants your kids to be equipped and prepared for the battles in front of them. Third thing I wrote down is this, be honest. Be honest. Be honest with your children. To the point where, and I've told my son this, hey, you're gonna hear things from some of your buddies. You're gonna hear things in the locker room. And most of that stuff's probably not even true. But you can always trust your dad to tell you the truth. I love you, and I will tell you the truth, the blessing and the gift that it is, but the danger of its misuse and abuse. And then lastly, let them ask questions. Let them ask questions. Give them the, hey, how do you feel about this? What are your thoughts about this? How, have you, what conversations have you had? Do you have any questions for me? I'm always going to tell you the truth. Anytime you want to talk, check in, check in. And, you know, we're, we're going to put a lot of resources on our website, healingplacechurch.org slash resources. If you go to our website this week, you'll see there's a lot of, of equipping that, that's available for you. Uh, part of today is just, okay, let's get through the awkward. Let's talk about the tough stuff. Man, and let's come alongside mom and dad and families so we can prepare you because it is a crazy battle out there. It's crazy. And if you're not talking about it, and if I'm not talking about it, then we're setting up the next generation for epic failure. Epic failure. In fact, I, I love this quote that Vody Bauckham said. I want you to hear this. Vody says, we cannot continue to send our children to Caesar for their education and be surprised when they come home as Romans. Sending your kids to Caesar to be educated and then being surprised that they're Romans, hello, don't let the world indoctrinate your sons and your daughters. Equip them with the truth of God's word. 
Now, you know, we all need a measure of accountability. We all need accountability in this. Bible says all have sinned and fall short. I, I need help. You, you need help. And part of being a part of spiritual community means that we have the help that we need from God, but it's through friends and pastors and mentors and leaders. You know, Rachel, she, she got some stuff recently to decorate our bathroom. I didn't know that you decorated bathrooms. <laughs> I was like, wow, that's great. Really? We decorate in the bathroom. You know, I mean, I know you decorate the house, but you ladies, I mean, and she's another level. And she going, I'm going to give you a secret. She loves home goods. This girl, she is my home goods girl. She come home with some home goods stuff. And I'm like, oh, is that for the living room? Is that for, no, it's for the bathroom. She got all this stuff for the bathroom. And, and our bathroom is really nice, really nice. And in our bathroom, we have this bathroom scale. And it is next level bathroom scale. It's like this acrylic it's got this little touch of chrome. It's a digital scale, and it matches the decor of everything she just got. I'm like, wow, that's amazing. But there's only one problem with that scale. It hadn't had a battery in it for probably five years. I'm like, baby, why the scale? We got to do something with this scale. It doesn't work. Now, I appreciate the look. But it's got no function. It needs a battery. But how many know if you put a battery in there, that scale's going to make you cry? Come on, somebody. That scale's going to hurt your feelings. But you know what? That scale is a tool of accountability. And because God loves us, you know what today has been? A battery in our scale. A reading. Hey, how are we doing? And God loves us enough to meet us right where we are. But he loves us too much to leave us right where we are. Turning point. You know what we do? Okay. Mike, I've fallen short. I've failed. I've made mistakes. I'm hurting. I'm broken. What we do, we bring all of this to the Lord. We say, God, would you help put me back together? You see, Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. All the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty together again. You know what? The king's horses and the king's men couldn't do it, but the king of kings can. And if you have a king on the throne of your heart, he can heal you everywhere you hurt. Amen? You receive that today? Come on, put your hands together if you believe that. Thank you for listening. Take a moment and subscribe so you can become a part of the community here and stay up to date with what is happening at Healing Place Church. For more information about HPC, visit healingplacechurch.org.